Welcome to the You Are Light podcast. My name is Gus and I'm your host. Today, we discuss wearing your crown. Please stay with me. Welcome back to You Are Light podcast. Again, thank you for joining me for another installment of the You Are Light podcast, now featured on 10 podcast platforms globally. Thank you for your words of encouragement. Thank you for those of you who have sent me emails or given me comments about the podcast. I am truly indebted to you and appreciate your prayers. A special shout out to Miss Danielle Smith. I appreciate your words of encouragement. Uh, thank you for sharing the link to this podcast with your friends and family. And I encourage more of you, listeners like you, to do the same. Today, I discuss wearing your crown. This is an interesting installment in that I believe it's a direct response to a lot of the listeners' comments and questions I received. There are many who have discussed believing they have light, but are asking about how they can illuminate that light or how they can feel more uh, uh, appreciative for the light as well as feeling worthy to have such light. Let me start with saying one, the awesome thing about grace is that we cannot earn grace. We will never be worthy of grace. That is the awesome divine love of God. There is no condition on God's love and God's grace towards us. Now, that said, we are all given a crown. And I'll explain this to you as we go deeper into this podcast. This isn't easy for everyone, and for some who find it easy, I'm not certain they're truly wearing the crown that was custom-made for them. Like the retina of the eyes or fingerprints of the fingertips, there are no two crowns made the same. A crown denotes royalty, and royalty denotes kinship to kingship. Kingship denotes kingdom. When Nicodemus came to Jesus one night and inquired about his ministry and muse, Jesus responded, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus asked again, can one be born after having grown old? Very truly, I tell you, Jesus responds, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. That is repentance and Holy Spirit. I would say repentance and consciousness or light being awake. As a child of light, you belong to the kingdom of God. You are a child of the King of Kings. 
As a child of the King of Kings, you have a custom-made crown with your name on it. The author of First Peter encourages the believer in many ways. The author provides a blueprint for kingdom living and cultural living. One supersedes the other. You see, kingdom supersedes culture. But even the author succumbs to the contrast between kingdom and culture. First, I will discuss kingdom living. And secondly, I will discuss cultural living. And lastly, I will pivot back to kingdom living. All of this in the context of 1 Peter chapter 2. I have witnessed many Christian spiritual leaders who have strayed away or stayed away from taking the vulnerable step of pointing out issues and concerns many believers have about scripture, but are afraid to ask. First Peter 2 and 9, in the context of kingdom living, I'd like to read for you. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Here we hear where the writer discusses characteristics of being members of God's kingdom. Believers are in fact chosen, royal priests, a holy nation, individuals who are called out of darkness and are now made citizens of his marvelous light. Now, let's look at it from the context of earthly or cultural living. Cultural living, we read in verse 18 where it says, Slaves, or in some, or some translation, servants, accept the authority of your masters with all deference, not only those who are kind and gentle, but also those who who are harsh. Verse 19, for it is a credit to you if, being aware of God, you endure pain while suffering unjustly. Here the author appears to have a meek instruction for the slave servant, but no instruction for the master. I want you to take a moment and listen to what I'm saying. In verse 9 of 1 Peter 2, we see where the author talks about being members of the royal priesthood, being chosen, a part of the chosen race, a holy nation, individuals being called out of darkness into the marvelous light. The writer is talking about believers. 
And in verse 18 and 19, this same writer is talking to individuals who are living in domesticated servitude lives or situations and circumstances. And what he says is, listen, slaves and or servants, accept the authority of your masters with all deference, not only those who are kind and gentle, but also those who are harsh. For it is a credit to you if being aware of God, you endure pain while suffering unjustly. The slave servant appears subjected to the master and almost forced to justify and redeem an abusive master for the sake of loving God. This case is more about culture than about kingdom. I want to, I want to be clear about this. This is more about culture than kingdom. Many slaves of the mid-Atlantic and the Atlantic slave trade were taught this particular scripture as a means to continue to uh, subject them to the horrendous, terrifying conditions of slavery. As if it was to say, listen, it's okay to feel that you are in fact saved or a child of God and in doing so continue to suffer in silence. Now, that is not the case. I'm not suggesting that the writer or the author is using this same text to, to justify what we today call on modern day slavery. This is not the case that I'm making. I am saying, however, that this text has been used historically to justify the institution of slavery in Europe and North America. The point I'm trying to make here is that the author makes a distinction implicitly between those he's talking to in 1 Peter 2, 9 and those he's referring to the domestic servants or slaves of verses 18 and 19. This is more about culture than kingdom because you can't be a royal priest living in God's marvelous light and be the subject of an abusive slave owner at the same time. That's not godly, nor is it kingdom. And so those of you, one, who believe that this uh, negates the true awesomeness of God's word because there seems to be a contrast in the text, I will submit to you that this does not in any way negate the awesomeness of God and God's word. What it does is points out how we as believers can evolve in our 
consciousness and our awareness of who we are, who God is, and who we are in the sight of God. This same author who talks about, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of the darkness and into the marvelous light, is talking to everyone. And to the ones who find themselves as servants or slaves, this word becomes true for them as well. If one is born again, they will see the kingdom of God. And when they see it, they will choose water and spirit so they can enter the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, we are, in fact, chosen. We are, in fact, royal priests. We are members of a holy nation called out of darkness and now citizens of God's marvelous light. Wear your crown as a reminder of who you are and who you are not. Wear your crown today. Today, wear your Crown. When you wear your crown, you walk in your light. Your light is evident to all to see, including yourself. You live as children of light because you are light. When you wear your crown, you no longer uh, are forced to, 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 to succumb to another's Another's uh, uh, oppression, nor the oppression of your own thoughts. When you wear your crown, losing weight no longer becomes a focal point, but you are now forced on gaining your light. When you wear your crown, you're no longer focusing on making more money. You're focused on making good on the anointing God has put upon your life. When you wear your crown, you are no longer focusing on finding a husband or finding a wife. You are now focused on finding your true soul. And that true soul becomes a magnet to attract your soul mate. When you wear your crown... You start turning your light on. And so today, wear your crown. Be free. Be a member of the calling of your royalty. And know that God is with you along the way. That concludes this installment of the You Are Light podcast. Wearing your crown. Wear your crown and know that you are a child of light. And as a child of light, turn your light on. Thank you. God bless and see you next time.